now. Atena tato kato ehui maine itene ata. Greetings to all of you who have gathered here this morning. Ko Andrew Toko Ingoa on the lens Kaarahi. And just before we kick off with the web conference this morning, I'll begin with a karakia. Unihia te pō, te pō, te pō, te pō, te pō, te pō, Tātai ki runga, tātai ki raro, tātai ahorau, mamie, mamie, tāi ki. Tāi ki. No mai, haere mai, welcome to the first web conference for our restoration, um, Learns Field Trip, that hopefully you're getting amongst in your classroom down there in Manukau, Weymouth Primary. So glad that you can join us this morning and you're going to be our speaking stall asking questions to two of our experts this morning. We've got LJ and Courtney joining us. So just before we get underway with your partai, um, Courtney, would you like to just introduce yourself and tell us briefly about the work you do? Kia ora koutou. I'm Courtney Davis, and I coordinate a restoration project based here in Waipo Forest. So we've got a team of eight people and we do a range of different work. So we grow trees and then we plant those out. And we also do pest management. So we eradicate possums, rats, stoats, um, feral cats. And we also do weed management. So we go out into the Nahiri and we get rid of weeds so that they don't uh, invade our forest here. Kia Courtney, and um, looking a bit cold out your way this morning. Yeah, <laughs> always. Nicely rugged up, but LJ doesn't look like he's feeling the effects of any cold weather. LJ, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Kia ora, Andrew. Uh, firstly, thank you for your karakia this morning, um, opening us up. Uh, yeah, kia ora koutou. Uh, uh, my name's Lindsay John, or LJ Clark, and I'm the environment manager for Tereorua. Uh, we, we have about 20 and soon to be 23 staff working alongside Courtney's team, um, just all, all things trying to um, uplift the mauri of Te Taia. Kia ora koutou. Kia ora, LJ. Well, like I said before, Look at that. Did that come through or am I, am I Yeah, not, not, not too bad. Um, I would probably suggest um, taking the video off. I think it is. And off, that just I? might free up a bit of space. But, but we did catch most of that. Uh, so we have our class of wonderful looking students from... Sounds good. Thanks, LJ. Uh, from Weymouth. Um... Now, one thing I didn't get to ask, if anybody there wants to introduce the class or whether you're just happy to get underway with the question straight away. And just a reminder, when you come up to speak or ask your question, just get nice and close um, to the device that you're using. And you can introduce yourself with your first name, would be nice, and speak nice and loud and clear. So you're just currently muted at the moment, Danielle.
Morena. Hello, my name is Amber. Hello, my name is Sam. And we're 3.15 from Weymouth Primary. We're in Auckland and it's nice to meet you. Awesome, and that's uh, Monaco. Um, whoa, 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 come back, come back. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, what year are you guys? What year level are you? We're yes. six. And is that the is that the highest year level that you go to there? Would you go year seven eight? Yes, it is. Oh, so that's it's just year six. Yes. Right. So you guys are the you guys are the leaders of the school now. <laughs> awesome. Hey, thanks thanks for that introduction. Um, let's get underway with the questions or apartheid. Who have we got first for question number one? Oh, 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 okay. Sam, come and ask one of the questions. Hi, um, that's me again. I'm just <laughs> wondering how you guys plan on like looking after the trees that you guys plant there. Okay, so that's question four first. Okay, that's all right. Yep. Trees, yeah. Well, that's a good good question, Sam. Because I guess um, Courtney, you can't just put a plant in the ground and forget about it, or can you? Um, the trees that we plant out, we actually go back every year and monitor them, so we know where all the trees that we have planted are, and we'll go back every year and just check on them. And if they do um, look like they're getting smothered by either weeds or grass, then we will we'll do what's called releasing them. We will spray around the tree or we'll use our hands, remove the weeds, and that will allow the trees to keep growing without being smothered. So we do monitor them a lot to make sure that they're doing okay. And you're planting in lots of different places too. So how do you keep track of where plants have gone and what dates and, and that sort of thing that you plant them? Uh, we try and keep pretty good records. Um, so we have a spreadsheet and we also use GPS data. So we'll map out where all the plots are so that we've got that as a record. Once they get to about three or four years in the ground, then they're generally okay and we don't need to go back and check on them. Yeah. It's just in the first couple of years. Yeah. But like children, <laughs> once they're about three years old, you just let them go. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, thanks for that question, Sam. So, um, my mouth will have uh, another question from you. LJ, did you want to chip in there? Maybe not. Okay. Way mouth primary. Can we have your second question, please? No. I think Courtney answered the question perfectly. Great. Thanks, LJ. Oh, lagging. Yeah, yeah but uh, lagging a bit. Yep. Yeah. Right. Who have we got here? Hello, my name is Tessa, and I would wonder what kinds of weeds are growing in the 
Oh, River Awa. Hey, no, Amber, was it? Asha. Asha, sorry. Asha, hey, thanks for that question, Asha. So, yeah, weeds. Quite a few, isn't there? Yes, and every day we find more weed species. Um, so recently we found a new weed that we haven't really encountered before. Um, because a lot of the weeds that we have here are spread by birds or wind, so they can spread really long distances. Um, but the main ones that we have are wild ginger. Does anyone know what wild ginger looks like? Yeah, awful stuff. Yeah, and wild ginger is really hard for us to get rid of because it spreads really easily and really quickly. Um, and then the other main one that we're dealing with is tobacco weed. Um, which is actually really annoying because it changes the composition of the soil um, and it also spreads really quickly. Yes. Um, so weeds, of course, are those plants that aren't usually native. There are actually one or two native weed species, I believe. But um, what, what's good advice for not spreading weeds? I mean, I know, like you say, Courtney, they do get dispersed by birds and the wind, but are there some things that we can do to not let weeds spread? Yes, um, one really important thing to do is if you see a weed flowering, you cut the flower off, it's called deheading the weed. Um, so that means that there's gonna be no um, seeds there for birds to spread. So if you see weed species flowering, it's really good to dehead them as soon as you can. And it just means that you're stopping what's called the seed cycle. Yes, yeah, we've got one up here. Um, it's a climbing weed. And I think they call it milkweed, probably because when you break it, it's got this milky substance that comes out and it has these big seed pods. And, and those are the things you need to get the whole rid of the whole plant but those seed pods have you know thousands of seeds in them and so if you can get those pods before they break open and spread all the seeds that's the way to go yeah also if you do identify a weed in your backyard or park you can just pull it out um, and then just lay it on the ground and it should die yeah well interestingly about that milkweed you have to actually take it removed so that it's not in contact with the ground because it will actually reroute. Mm. So that's one of those particular cases, but uh, there we go. So what so do you do you think, with the, if you de, deflower it, what do you do with the flower head? Um, so I normally put the flower heads in a plastic bag and take them to my local transfer station. Um, or you can burn them. So if I'm going around my property and I'm deheading weeds, I'll take the flowers back and put them in my fireplace. Um, that way they're not going to spread any further. Yeah, because I guess if you leave them and they dry out, they can perhaps still um, yeah. propagate. Right, so uh, Wayne Mouth Primary, I know that you're all keen this morning to ask questions. So who's asking our next question? Hi, Charlie. And my question is, how can we help to restore our local river? 
Thanks, Charlie. Good question. Um, I guess there are lots of things you can do um, to stop erosion of local waterways, and that's planting trees. If you can plant on riverbanks, that really helps um, the riverbank from eroding. Yeah, so I think it was just generally restoring um, and, and definitely planting is a key one, isn't it, Courtney? Yeah. You have to get the right plants, don't you? Yeah, there are definitely species which do better on waterways, um, like manuka. They're called the first succession, um, like the early canopy species. Um, so manuka, tokoka, cabbage trees, Harakiki, flax does really well. Because it's not just the erosion, like the parts of the banks of the river falling in. Plants help with lots of other things, don't they? Yeah, so they also create shade, um, which means that the species that live in the river have more shade, um, which creates a better habitat for them. And it certainly looks nicer too. And if there's, if there's stuff, one thing I learned um, that Matt told us on the field trip is that if there's things coming off the land through, you know, through the water that's coming off in the catchment, and it might be carrying some pollutants, um, some fertilizers, things like that, uh, excess nutrients, that the plants along the riverbank can help absorb those. Um, and stop them from entering the waterways or at least delaying them so it's not a big concentration going in at once. And it just looks nice, doesn't it? Oh. I don't like waterways that just have grass on the banks. Looks yucky. <laughs> hey, um, Weymouth, what's what's the nearest hour near you guys? Anyone know? Because I'm just wondering if they've got a really long river you know, trying to restore that, you might well, just, you can just take, choose a well, part of it. Take just a part of it, yeah. It's Pohunui. Oh. Pohunui. ah. And do you know where that, where that river empties into? Into the Manukau. Yeah. Ah, yes. So spell that, spell that river name. I think it... E-U-H-I-N-U-I. Hunui. Hunui. Thank you. I used to, I used to uh, fish in the Manuka Harbour when I lived out over the other side in West Auckland. Great harbour. And so that's the other thing, isn't it? You know, you want to help the local awa because all of that water is going into that water body, so in this case, the Manuka Harbour. So for people like me, who like to fish, we want to make sure it's only good stuff that's emptying into it. Another thing you can do for the hour is um, fence it off. If you've got stock mm -hmm. or cows around it, it's really important that you fence it so that the cows can't get into the hour. Yeah, that's right. That's another thing that uh, Matt from the Department of Conservation talked about fencing to keep, keep that stock out. And it stops 
that stops them pooing and weeing in the river, but it also helps them so, so they don't trample on the plants and things like that, or even eat the plants. Great idea. Thanks, Courtney. So you have a really interesting river there because it was once the, considered the most polluted Auckland monitored waterway. Then it's 12 k's long and there's been a massive community effort. So I'm sure that's still going on. It's New Zealand's most improved river. There you go. That's a great award. The most improved. Well, there you go, Waymouth. Maybe you could look into that and see if you can get involved in, in helping with some of those restoration efforts. Great to hear that it's on the mend. What's our next question, Waymouth? I know you've got six. We're halfway there. Kia ora. Kia ora. Um, it's Amber Kia ora. again. Hi, Amber. What kind of fruit or other food are you planning to plant inside the oh, outside the river? Thank you. At the moment, we have just planted out a plantation of bananas. So we've got about 30 banana trees um, and we're hoping in a couple of years we'll have our first banana crop. And we are also growing, um, we've got raised garden beds where we're growing vegetables in summer. And we also did a plot of kumara last season, which we harvested and it was delicious. And we are looking at um, well, we've just purchased some tamarillos, so we'll be planting those out in October. So food oh. and growing food is really important for our um, project. So we can, I don't know if anyone knows where Waipora is based, but we're very isolated. So we're about an hour away from our supermarket. So we can't just go down the road and get food when we want it. So it's really important that we have um, food and we're growing food close to home. Look at this. Oh. <laughs> Homegrown nice. bananas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Homegrown bananas are so much better than the ones that you get in the supermarket. They're, they're they amazing. Are, they're a lot think, smaller. They're called yeah. lady fingers. So they're about the size of your finger, but they taste amazing. Well, a bit fatter than the finger. But... <laughs> I know some people have fingers like that. Yeah, they do. They taste amazing. I think anything eh, that you grow at home is yeah. good. Yeah. And, of course, Waipo is near Dargaville. So if, if, you've, if anyone of you have been near Dargaville, um, that's known as Kumara country. So, yeah, it's not surprising that you're growing good Kumara up that way. Great stuff. Um. Now, of course, if you've read a little bit about the and seen some of the videos and read a bit of the background information on the Fieldtrip website, you'll know that down in those lower reaches of Waipawa River uh, was known for its gardening. And there's some, some well-known gardeners from, from, um, <clears throat> from back in, a few, well, maybe 100 so years ago. Um, and so that's part of your goal, isn't it, um, Courtney, with Te Toa Whenua, 
is to is to re-establish those those gardens and um, you know like they were once before. Yeah, the areas that we are using for our marakai, our gardens, are old river flats. Um, so it's a really fertile soil, really uh, loose alluvial soil. So um, yeah, it's really really good areas for gardening. Yeah, look, that's okay, LJ. So LJ's just said that he's he's got a bad lag. Um, but um, well, hopefully, and he's just gone. So just pass on our thanks. I'll flick him a message later, um, Courtney. And hopefully he can join us tomorrow anyway. But you're doing a great job anyway, yourself, Courtney. Uh, so we are up to our... Question number four, Waymel. Doing really good this morning, guys. Which was five, really. Oh, it's five, is it? We're up to our fifth question. Mm. Yeah, I thought we were my next to there. Who's answering? Who's asking our next part? Where are Um, hello again. Hi. Uh, my other question is, how are you going to make sure the river doesn't dry up? Mm, that's a really interesting question. That's a tough one because I think a lot of that is down to climatological factors which are out of our <coughs> control, like climate change. But there are things that we can do to stop the river like evaporating so we can plant around the river banks. Um, yeah, we can make sure that, that the water isn't being taken out for things like irrigation, for mm. watering, mm. Uh, and, and, and stock. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, there's plenty of rainfall in Northland, so we don't know what's going to happen in the future with climate change. We might get more rain, there might be less rain. It's definitely an issue the further south you go, especially around where Barry lives in Canterbury, a lot of water gets taken out of rivers there for irrigation, so for farming. Um, and, and there are some, some rivers that can dry out, but there's usually quite heavy restrictions on the amount of water that can take it, get taken out because um, they have part of that whole consent process means there needs to be a minimum flow. So there needs to always be a certain amount of water in the river. But like Courtney said, you know, we, we, we're at the mercy of the weather gods. So, you know, if drought happens, rivers can dry out. So sometimes there's just nothing we can do about it. But if you plant trees beside a river, trees need water. So how does that help the river not to dry out? I think trees actually encourage rainfall. So um, the more trees that you have... It, you might get more rainfall. Yep. They also uh, retain water really well, don't they? When it, like when there's flooding, they absorb heaps of it for later release. It doesn't just end up in the sea. We have noticed our river level dropping, like each year um, drops slightly, um, but we have had three consecutive droughts. Mm. Yeah, interesting. It'd be interesting to see what happens over the course of the next sort of 10 to 20 years um, and how, how 
possible climate change effects might impact impact that. And you guys could perhaps monitor the Puhanui and see what's happening there. So I think that brings us to our final One more. Yep. Yeah. One more. Final question this morning, Waymel. And what about the cleanup? Kia ora, I'm Poppy. Um, how are you going to... Sorry, I interrupted you then by saying hi, Poppy. Can you repeat that, please? How are you going to clean up the river? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Doesn't need cleaning up, Courtney. Our river is actually one of the cleanest rivers in Northland. Um, and we're pretty lucky because we don't have a lot of uh, agriculture happening around the hour, which is why it is so clean. Um, but we do do monitoring every year. So we do water testing uh, just so that we know uh, where the river is at with its cleanliness. And we do do a lot of planting around the hour. Yeah, all of those good things, the planting and testing to see how how those uh, how it's changing over time. Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? But interesting, you know, that's that's it's a, it's a great river, but there are some conversations that people have had with landowners around the river and, and encourage them to fence and keep stock out and that sort of thing. It would be really interesting just to see and do some studies around some of the impacts on the Puhanui, like what, what's perhaps affecting that river? What, what are the things that are really helping it? How do you know the river's getting, you know, is improving? Who's testing it? What, what, what are the results? What are they testing? There's a whole lot of things you guys can do. Um, so it'd be really, really interesting to take some of this learning from the field trip and see what you can do with your local hour. I think it's a great idea. It's almost time up. Um, is there anybody who would like to speak on behalf of your class and just thank us for thank Courtney for her time this morning? Thank you. Thank you for your time that you have taken out of your day to spend time with us and share information about the Waikoua River. Hi. Hi. No worries. Thank you. Well, that's right. I mean, without you guys, we wouldn't have a web conference. Thank you so much for your questions this morning. Nami Nui. And enjoy the rest of your day. That brings our web conference to an end. You can all say goodbye if you like and unmute. Bye. Bye. Jackie Townall, Thank you, Courtney. Thanks. Chat tomorrow. Sure, Danielle, too. Have a good day, guys. Kakite, kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora.